Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, the 19th of September, 2020. And here we are, uh, the weekend together, uh, hopefully with some rain here in the Treasure Valley area, some fresher air uh, this weekend. Um, But as I start the weekend, one thing that I've been really refreshed by this week is the Psalms, especially Psalm 107. And we looked at Psalm 107 and 106 and we saw one of the themes that we even talked about a lot yesterday was the steadfast love of the Lord. And today we're going to see as we get into Psalm 108, how the steadfast love of the Lord should lead to steadfast hearts in his people. And I hope this just encourages you and refreshes you, maybe like rain cleaning out the air as we start a weekend together. In Psalm 108, we looked at the first six verses, a Psalm of David, and he says, my heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. So there he starts off by saying, my heart is steadfast and that's going to cause me to sing with everything I've got. I'm going to wake up the world. I'm going to wake up the dawn with my praise because your steadfast love is great above the heavens. And so as we look at the steadfast love of God, I want us to make sure that that steadfast love has its effect in us us. If we really believe that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever, then that is going to affect our hearts and make us more steadfast and make our hearts more calm. That even when things are turbulent in life, even when things seem out of control, our hearts can remain steady because we know no matter how crazy life gets, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. When the future is unsure, when we don't know what's going to happen next, our hearts can be calm and steadfast because the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Even in it, it reaches great above the heavens and his faithfulness reaches to the clouds. And that's one of the reasons why theology is so important. And we can't always just, you know, flip open our Bibles and say, okay, give me two simple things to do today, right? Because it's not just all about the things that we do. It's really about our hearts. And a lot of that is going to be affected when we see God and we see his character. Because what I would like us to do today is to be steadfast in our hearts and to praise God with everything that we've got. Well, if we're going to do those things, we need to understand some things and we need to contemplate, or like we said yesterday, we want to consider the steadfast love of God. And this is so important for us. And it's just been refreshing to me that this is 
there's been a theme that's been running through these Psalms that we've read this week. And today really helped just cinch it in for me where I was like, wow, look at how he's even using that same word steadfast to talk about his heart and that the steadfast love of the Lord should lead to steadfast hearts in us, his people. And I hope that's something you can reflect on this weekend. And also, it makes me think about something that we read at the end of Hebrews chapter 4 today. As we continue through Hebrews, we see such encouragement at the end of chapter 4, where it says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This God who is so full of steadfast love, this God whose faithfulness extends to the clouds, well, his son, Jesus Christ, is our great and merciful high priest. And he understands what we're going through because he's also been tempted, but he never gave in. So you got to remember that means he's actually been more tempted than you and I have. Because at some point in our temptations, we've given in. So we don't know kind of what the next level up of temptation is. But Jesus does because he never gave in. And then therefore we can come, I love what it says, with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a precious, precious truth. And it doesn't come without warning. I mean, earlier in the chapter, we're warned again against hardening our hearts. We're worried about the danger of not trusting. We're warned about the danger of not trusting God. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. That God is offering us rest through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through his steadfast love and his faithfulness. It's not dependent on our works, but we're going to be tempted to draw back from from God and from his promises. So maybe we be warned here by Hebrews, but also encouraged by what we see at the end of the passage and what we see also in Psalm 108. Now, as we look at our section in the Gospels today, we we were in the Passion Week now, and we see a famous passage there. We're looking at Luke 21, verses 1 through 9. And the first part of that passage is the story about the widow and her offering, how she gives, you know, her two, the widow's mites, these small copper coins that didn't amount to much of anything, but it was all she had, as opposed to the rich that were putting in so much more money, but they could afford it. They could spare it. It didn't hurt them at all. And we see there Jesus praising the widow. And also partly, you know, this is right after the rebuke of the Pharisees, you know, and he talks about how they devour widows' houses, right? And probably how their system even was taking advantage of people like this. But we also see just that principle that we've always seen of just that gift, even though it's a small gift, it's not really the size of the gift that makes a big difference. And in you, think about your own generosity, whether that's to church or as you just help others. Don't think that your generosity is ultimately going to be judged by the bottom line. It's going to be judged by your heart and the heart behind your giving. Because many people give to where it's a sacrifice, but some people just give to where it's 
comfortable. So that's uh, something to remember. And then we're going to get later into Luke and we'll comment more on this next week as Jesus gets into uh, prophecy, starting there with foretelling of the destruction of the temple, which then was fulfilled in 70 AD. And speaking of predictions of judgment, well, that gets us to Isaiah. So yesterday we were really talking about, hey, trust God, don't trust Assyrian. We're, we're getting into the prophet of Isaiah now. Now in chapter 13, we're going to go a good stretch where we're going to see a lot of judgments not focused at Israel or Jerusalem or Judah, but prophecies that are focused on other nations, starting in uh, chapter 13 with Babylon. And God talks about how he is going to judge Babylon. And even verse 17, it says, Behold, I am stirring up the Medes against them. And if you read the book of Daniel, and we even study history outside of the Bible, we know that's exactly what was going to happen. The the Medes and the Persians came and they conquered Babylon eventually. That's what happens in the story of Daniel and the writing on the wall. So in here, Isaiah is calling it before it happened. This is predictive prophecy in the Bible. And then chapter 14 is interesting. It's written as a song that the people of Israel would sing to taunt Babylon in the day of their destruction. And it's interesting, very, very interesting. Verse 12, and then, and then beyond that, really, it seems as you read it like, hmm, who is this talking about? This doesn't seem like it's just talking about a city or an earthly king. And many theologians have argued that this is actually talking about Satan. And that's where when people talk about, well, well, Satan was cast out of heaven because of his pride. Maybe you've heard people talk about that before. This is the scripture that they're getting that from. Oh, day star, son of dawn, how you are cut down to the ground. You who laid the nations low, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the Mount of assembly in the far reaches of the North. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high, but you are brought down to Sheol to the far reaches of the pit. And whether this is talking about Satan or not, it is a lesson in the danger of pride. All this, I will, I will, I will, and I want to be higher. I want to be considered greater. Whether this is talking about Lucifer, uh, the the devil, or whether it's talking about Babylon, either way, we, we see somebody reaching for more than was right. Somebody thinking that it is all about them, all about themselves, and God clearly expressing how he feels about that. And we should be warned against pride in our own lives. And it's a good reminder for us with this weekend to not look to ourselves, to not really think it all depends on us, but to consider the steadfast love of the Lord and that we would be encouraged and that our own hearts would be steadfast and full of praise as a result of thinking of the steadfast love and faithfulness of our God. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.